Last week we started with the first of the Levitical offerings, the burnt offering, as we study offerings throughout the season of Lent. And today we turn to the grain offering, looking at Leviticus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So hang tight as I read through the word of the Lord. When anyone presents a grain offering to the Lord, the offering shall be of choice flour. The worshipers shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. After taking from it a handful of the choice flour and oil with all its frankincense, the priest shall turn this token portion into smoke on the altar, an offering by fire of pleasing odor to the Lord. And what is left of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons a most holy part of the offerings by fire to the Lord. So when you present a grain offering baked in the oven, it shall be of choice flour, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers spread with oil. If your offering is grain prepared on a griddle, it shall be of choice flour mixed with oil, unleavened. Break it into pieces, pour oil on it, it is a grain offering. If your offering is a grain prepared in a pan, it shall be made of choice flour in oil. You shall bring to the Lord the grain offering that is prepared in any of these ways. And when it is presented to the priest, he shall take it to the altar. The priest shall remove from the grain offering its token portion and turn this into smoke on the altar, an offering by fire of pleasing odor to the Lord. And what is left of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the offerings by fire to the Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Chances are you did not wake up this morning expecting to get a recipe from the Bible. If you're like me, you probably didn't even know there were recipes in the Bible, which means today is a special day. Maybe even a first for most of us, this morning I'd like to welcome you to Baking with Pastor Micah. Today's episode is part of Classics, a couple of recipes we've been looking at. Last week basically boiled down to barbecue, the bull or the goat that was offered for there to be access to God. Because when we offer our burnt offerings, we realize that worship requires sacrifice. This week, is another classic. A crowd favorite, even. It's pancakes. Sort of. Probably not very good pancakes, but it is pancakes. Levitical grain offerings. I don't know if you've made these before, but in case you missed it from the text, I'll go over how you do so. Start with your flour. Cheap flour will not work. It cannot be the stuff that's been sitting in your cupboard. You must have choice, fresh flour. You're going to take that flour and you're going to pour some oil on it. Then take some incense, some frankincense, and put that on there too. And basically, that's it. That's the mixture that you make and you bring it to the priest. They'll take it and they'll burn some up for the Lord. Then it gets really complicated. If you want to bring a grain offering, you can bake it in the oven. Again, of choice flour, and you pour some oil on it. If you'd rather do a grain offering prepared on a griddle, go ahead. No problem with that either. Take some flour, mix it with some oil, and that's all you got to do. Maybe you're not an oven person. 
Maybe you don't have patience for the griddle because you know you have to wait for the little holes before you can flip it over. I don't have patience for the griddle. So maybe you're a pan person. Once again, you take some flour and some oil and you bake it, you cook it, you griddle it. You can prepare your grain offering in any of those ways. It doesn't matter if it's in the oven, the griddle, or the pan. And then the priest, that's me, I'll burn some of it up, and that will be a pleasing smell to the Lord. You know, when I think about this, I think about what it must smell like. Because to me, the smelling of burnt bread is not really a good thing in my head. If you burn toast accidentally, you take the toast and you take a knife and you like try to scrape off the burnt stuff because it smells horrible. But to God, it's a pleasing aroma. Maybe it's because God is a spirit and doesn't have taste buds. But this charred bread brings a pleasing aroma to God. All of this is to say that when we bring our offerings to God, God is filled with joy. When you make your grain offering, as you watch it burning up, you know that God, the King of all creation, Lord and Savior God, is smiling because of the offering you made. Our sacrifices don't have to be these great, grand, terrifying gestures, choice flour mixed with some oil, some incense for smell, burned up, and God is pleased. When I was home the last time, my mom was feeling rather sentimental. So she pulls out this folder that she saved from years and years and years back, and there were pictures in this folder that I had drawn. I like to consider myself an artistic person, but those pictures must have happened before I had any artistic talent. They were indecipherable. If they weren't labeled, I would have no idea that that was a picture of me and my mother towering over our childhood home. The picture was far from beautiful. But it was to one person. To my mother, who loves me. It was beautiful. It was a treasure that she'd kept for over 20 years. To my mother, these giant figures towering over our home that resembled a box with a top hat, it filled her with joy because she loves me and I had drawn it for her. The grain offering, much the same as an offering that anyone can make, artistic talent or not, baking skills or not. It's flour and oil. Things everyone would have. You cook it in whatever you have for cooking and that's it. The point is not this extravagant gift to God. It's about giving flour and oil. And because God loves you, he receives that offering with joy. A grain offering in Leviticus was grain because most people were farmers. A grain offering wasn't something that people had to go buy at the grocery store. It was as you brought in the harvest, as you worked, you would take just a little bit of your harvest and you would give it to God. Which is why I would guess that most of our grain offerings aren't grain anymore. Most of us draw a salary, not draw a harvest. So as checks come in, we have the tradition we always have of setting some aside and offering it to God. 
In the grain offering, what I find fascinating is that part of it is burned up. I will stand here and tell you, we do not burn any money that comes to the church. I promise. But I do think we waste some of it for God. Which sounds a little bad, but I'll explain what I mean. If you've ever gone and stood in a cathedral, really just stood there and looked around, it's not exactly designed to be functional. It's tall enough for a giant. The building itself is a work of art. On the ceiling, 30 feet up, there's intricate details no human eye could ever see. Wasted. But it's wasted for God. If you ever have a chance and you can see the gargoyles on the outside of a cathedral, each one is different with whiskers and eyes and open mouths and wings. Days, weeks that artists spent on creating these things. And then it's thrown up 40 feet in the air where the human eye can't see it. Wasted. But it's for God. Some of those things may bother you. Sometimes it bothers me because maybe we could have used that money for a better thing. Maybe it could have been used elsewhere. And that's fair. But I don't know. Maybe God sees it, sees even our beautiful building, beautiful sanctuary that we have, sees that we did this whole thing for God and it fills him with joy. This building, it's an offering from us, his children, to God. And I certainly hope the building and the lives within it fill him with joy. Sometimes we offer the work of our hands and wonder if it was wasted or even spent on the right thing. And then I take great comfort in this text from Leviticus because every time a grain offering was given, some of it was intentionally wasted for God. And God still found joy in it. Whether the grain offering is cakes or a loaf or a wafer or a check, the whole thing is an offering to God. Part of it is burned. And the other part is taken out to feed the priests. Remember, there are five kinds of offerings. In this one, the grain offering, it helped just to feed the priest. When someone needed financial advice, they went to the banker. If they needed advice on bread, they went to the baker. But if they needed advice on God, they went to the priests. Because the people didn't have time to study the whole Bible, remember all the laws, so they'd go to the priest, and they would help them understand. What I love is that this assumes that a community thought that God mattered enough that they decided to pull their resources so a few people could devote their entire lives to understanding God and the Bible and the rituals and the rules the people fed the priests, and the priests were to lead the people in following God faithfully. That is a beautiful sacrifice. And the fact that I stand here with a job, that I have a job, that this church has a pastor, is a testament to God. It's a sacrifice of this community and a declaration of your commitment to following God. I'm not sure we always remember that, but Brian and I are only here in Scottsboro because this church thinks that following God matters enough that you want people to lead you in it. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. 
when I talked about the sacrifice in the ladies' Bible study, we were talking about how part of it was what we call tithes and offerings. It's what helps to pay the priest and enable ministries of the church. And the community cares for the pastor, and the pastor leads the people. And as we were talking, I started hearing some people laughing. Someone made an offhanded joke and said, I hope we're not doing a bad job taking care of you. They weren't being serious. But it's a sentiment we hear quite often. Some people think we'll leave because we're overqualified. We'll get a better job offer somewhere else, bigger church, bigger grain offering. So let me tell you what I told the ladies that night. I stopped the Bible study and I said, no, you don't understand. This church has done an incredible job of taking care of their pastors. We receive gifts we don't deserve. Air mattresses show up on our doorstep when family comes into town. Cornhole appears for a family competition sitting on the front porch. The session works to take care of us financially and emotionally. Sunday nights after church, our car is filled with whatever leftover food there is. Granted, it's usually pizza, but still. Flowers appear on my desk at work. And more than all of that, we have found lifelong friends. Honestly, more family than friends. We feel beyond cared for by this church. This morning, I'll let you in on a little secret. We've gotten the other job offers. Bigger churches, bigger grain offerings. We've turned them down. Because here we have something better. In one session meeting, Brian and I had just proposed a harebrained idea. One of too many that we have. And the session elder looked at us and said, you lead we will follow. Brian and I feel beyond cared for by this church, beyond, and we won't be leaving because someone offers us a bigger grain offering. We're here because this church is actually intent on following God where he leads. This church wants to stay rooted in the traditions that we have, but at the exact same time wants to innovate and experiment to best serve God in this community. This church is exploding with gifts and potential, with passion, with people who are more family than friends. God is doing things in this church. God is doing things in this church, and these dreams will only get bigger. When we felt God calling us to adoption, and not just adoption, but adoption of older siblings, and not just older siblings, but older siblings from Columbia, this church didn't bat an eye. You've been here for us, more family than friends. So right now, quite frankly, you couldn't pry us out of here with a crowbar. A grain offering. It's simple. It's nothing flashy, nothing exquisite. You take the work of your hands, you set some aside, and you give it to God. You give the first fruits of your labor. You mix the flour and the oil and the frankincense, and you give it to God. And off of this grain offering, the priests are fed and... God is filled with joy. It seems really small to say it. Like I should be able to come up with something better, but here it is. Thank you for your grain offerings. Thank you 
for your grain offerings. I know without a shadow of a doubt that you have filled both mine and Brian's tummies. You have enabled the ministries of this church. And I know, I certainly know, that you have filled God's heart with joy. Let's pray. Lord God, we come this morning bringing our grain offerings. Lord, and we hope you are sitting in heaven smiling down upon us, seeing the offerings and the work of our hands. Lord, today we commit again to giving you our entire lives, our energy and our hearts and our souls, our minds, Lord, everything that we have, that you might use it for the growth of your kingdom. Send us out of this place with smiles on our faces, more family than friends, remembering that together as your body of Christ, we work together so that your kingdom might be known on earth. Bless us this day. Amen. <laughs> 